we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our study on tattoos, body modification, and piercings. <clears throat> and uh, the next part is we're going to segue more into uh, the tattoo issue. And uh, this is a excerpt from uh, Dial of Truth Ministries. <clears throat> it starts out by saying, within the last decade, the tattoo has virtually conquered the cultural world. The taboo tattoo was until recently the menacing fashion heavy metal rockers, bikers, criminals, and the social outcasts wore. But today the tattoo glamorously appears everywhere and everywhere. Everywhere and anywhere. It's the latest fashion craze. The tattoo has been found on canvas... Oh, to canvas on celebrities such as Britney Spears, Julia Roberts, Jessica Simpson, Bruce Willis, Geraldo Rivera... Halle Berry and the Dixie Chicks and a thousand of others, thousands of others. The sports world has also received the baptism of tattoos. In 1997, an AP poll discovered that over 35% of all NBA players sported at least one tattoo, including such megastars as Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, and Shaquille O'Neal. Sports reporters claim similar tattoo percentages are decorating the professional football, baseball, and hockey world. Uh, I would have no reason to believe that that wasn't the case. It's very, very prevalent. Holding their own, the tattoo adorns the conservative golf world on such notables as Lee Trevino and Tiger Woods. <clears throat> National Geographic stated that 15% of all Americans are tattooed. The Alliance of Professional... Now, again, this was... I think this article is pretty old because they cited a 1997 AP study, so who knows what it is now. <clears throat> but the information is just as pertinent to, as for today. The Alliance of Professional Tattooists, or the APT, estimates that over 39 million Americans have a tattoo. Details Magazine published a poll that stated 22% of 18 to 25-year-olds have at least one tattoo. It also estimated 60% of the tattooed are women. What I mean, what a tremendous waste of a life being a tattoo artist. I mean, you're just, as we've said, you're basically just imparting demons to the recipient. You're just serving Satan, is all you're doing. You know, what What an absolute waste of money and, and uh, life of a person to actually devote their life to this. You're, you're, you're just, you're devoting your life to Satan, is what you're doing. You know, when you get into this kind of garbage. <clears throat> and there's many more that are actually waiting in line to get their tattoos. Even the toy world has its own very own tattoo dolls, no, tattoo doll, tattoodles, tattoodles doll. So evidently there's a, uh, some type of doll called the tattoodles doll that has tattoos all over it. And it's rumored sweet little Barbie has recently been seen flaunting a cool tattoo. Well, Barbie's not sweet, but anyway, I could be do, do a whole uh, study on Barbie, I think. Not to be outdone by the tattooing, uh, this is kind of written a little bit dis disjointedly, and that's why I'm having a hard time getting through this. Not to be outdone by the tattooing zealous adults, the younger generation has now joined the tattoo party. A Texas Tech University School of Nursing study consisting of over 2,100 adolescents from eight states revealed that one in ten adolescents were tattooed, and over half were planning on getting tattooed. Another study estimated 25% of all 15 to 25-year-olds have a tattoo. <clears throat> and again, who knows what the statistics are now. By the way, the average age of getting a tattoo is 16 years old, while some receive their first tattoo as young as 8. <clears throat> yeah, you've got to be parent of the year to let your kid get tattooed at 8. According to U.S. News & World Report, November 3rd, 1997 issue, tattooing is this country's sixth fastest growing retail business and growing at an amazing rate of more than one new tattoo studio every day. I mean, I see them all over the place. And I think, all I can think of is how worthless they that that is. You know, that a person could actually make their livelihood off evil. Now, I understand there's a lot of things that are evil and people make their livelihood off it. It's just that, to me, that's one of the most flagrant ways to do it. <clears throat> Let's go further here. And get this, Lycos, who ranks the top 50 search words every week, found tattoos was the fourth, fourth most search word of the year for 2001. 
So that's how obsessed people are becoming with tattoos. And that was just 2001. For the week of October 15, 2002, when this article was written, tattoos were number six, as far as search-wise. And among the most highly prized Lycos 50 Elite, which is the 50 most popular topics in the history of Lycos, tattoos comes in around at a solid number seven. So, I don't think that search engine's even uh, in play anymore, but at the time it was. And then it goes on to say, Jesus, or Christ, did not even make the Lycos top 100. The Bible ranked number 18. Tattoos was number 7. In other words, the world has gone tattoo crazy. Even among many Christians, the once forbidden tattoo is welcome with open arms and legs and necks and backs, etc. Not surprising, the major perpetuator of the Christian tattoo is the Christian rock community. Imagine that. And we've looked at the wonderful fruit of the Christian rock industry in previous teachings and in the teaching I've just done, uh, the Hidden Luciferians in um, our generation. And again, that's not that study's not done. I hopefully can come back to that, but it's, it was up to about 10 parts. And I had to segue off that for a while. <clears throat> but if you want to know a lot about the Christian rock groups in specific, just click on that. I give you the links here within this PDF. And... Uh, I would start with part one and then just work your way through. Okay, let's go further here. So the Christian rock community is the major perpetuator pushing Christian tattoos. You know, and so it's just like Christian rock, Christian tattoo, Christian pornography. The words do not belong together. There is no such thing. You cannot mingle... uh, you, you, you cannot commingle Christ with Belial or the devil. You can't do it. You can try, you can put some veneer on there, but from a biblical standpoint, it cannot be done. But fast, uh, and fast following their Christian rock idols, thousands of Christian young people are getting, quote, marked for Jesus with the tattoo. Among the fastest growing trend in the tattoo industry is the Christian tattoo shops. I mean, this is just horrifically disgusting. And as we get into this, I think you'll see further why. If if we haven't already made the point, we're going to even get stronger. We received scores of emails from concerned Christian parents, young people, youth pastors, and pastors requesting information on tattoos. Many parents have written pleading for help with their teenagers and regarding tattoos. This article is an examination of tattoos in the light of the Word of God in history. The vast majority of tattoo places on earth are operated by practicing Satanists. That by itself should possibly throw up a tiny red flag for most people. The vast majority of tattoo parlors on earth are operated by practicing Satanists or occultists. That's a fact. To verify this fact, just go to any major newsstand and look through the pictures uh, showing, I guess in the tattoo magazines, you will be shocked to see the blatant Satanism represented there. And I'm not saying I wouldn't even look in one of those magazines. I mean, they're basically pornographic as well as, you know, anything goes pretty much. So, But the pictures are just horrific. <clears throat> the Bible says to shun all evil and not to mix those things that are of Jesus with which those things are of Satan. Thus, a quick look through the tattoo magazine will prove to you that tattooing and body piercing are evil straight out of the pit of hell. Before tattoo needles and knives are used, they are typically cursed in a coven ritual, attaching demons to them and conducting exactly the right kind of ritual in which demons are instructed to follow the recipient. (laughs) Just like we talked about with the implants, it's the same thing with the tattoo, with the actual needle, tattoo needles they're using, with the ink itself. It's literally cursed or they would call it blessed, in rituals. And this is also where they get more business. Because did you ever notice one person, they get a tattoo and they're like, i got to have another one. I got it. it becomes an addiction. It is a demonic addiction. It is fueled by demons. And this is why people that get one a lot of times can't stop. And a lot of it has to do with the Satanist behind the tattoo needle 
knowing that he's putting a curse, he's implanting a demon in these people, and that demon's going to bring them back for more business. So the love of money is the root of all evil. That's another motivation. <clears throat> a person who is tattooed will then have demons specifically called forth in the ritual to follow them home. This fact is the reason a family in which a child has gotten a tattoo and or body piercing suddenly experiences a dramatic increase in rebellion. Lust and other satanic values that you can have. Now we're going to look at that specifically. And the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And to me this is just witchcraft. Um, we have hotlinked a representation of tattoos and body piercings we got out of a tattoo magazine at a newsstand. Prepare to be shocked. And then I put a warning on the graphic images. Um, there's, there's a link there. I'm not advising to even click on it. I'm just saying if you have to be more further convinced. Uh, this is just a study, new study. Um, heavily tattooed students are more prone to deviant behavior. This is from LifeSiteNews.com from Lubbock, Texas. A new study titled Body Art, Deviance, and American College Students suggests that people who have multiple tattoos or body piercings are more likely to engage in risky and criminal behavior. The research by Jerome R. Koch, a sociology professor at Texas Tech, reveals that those who have four more tattoos seven or more body piercings, or one intimate piercing, how disgusting, are far more prone to use illegal drugs, be arrested for criminal offenses, cheat on college work, binge drink, and have multiple sex partners. So this is some fruit. Now, I think it's garbage that they say it's just multiple. That's, that's almost like saying, well, if you just have one or two, that's okay. That's garbage. That's a lie from the pit of hell as well. That's just a way to bait you in. Now, remember, this is a secular study here. So... But they're admitting to this much, what I just said. These students, the report states, this was from 1,753 college students, asking them to report their level of body art acquisition and their history of deviance. So, I mean, they're just asking these, whatever, students about their history. These students, the report says, are ten times more likely to have an arrest history, a fourfold increase in drug use, other than marijuana, and there's a five-fold increase in having had nine or more sex partners in the last year. Uh, so, yeah, that's not really a glowing endorsement for tattoos. The Bible says in James 4.4, 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God, meaning enmity meaning like war. So, this is friendship of the world. This is a form of that, obviously. I mean, the world totally accepts tattoos and body piercings and these types of things. Not all people do, but the world in general will, and ultimately they're going to accept the ultimate implant, which is the mark of the beast. So, uh, whosoever therefore shall be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Revelation 18, 4 and 5 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins. Now, Somebody that's doing this is going to be partaker of the sins of the world, essentially. God's saying, come out of her, that you be not partakers of her sins. Her meaning, essentially, the harlot world system. And ye receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. And these sins and these iniquities, part of this is this tattoo-piercing body implant, uh, body modification uh, movement. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. How can you get a tattoo and be abstaining from all appearance of evil? It'd be like going into a pornography shop. You know, that's not abstaining from all appearance of evil. If you were seen going into a, uh, like a nightclub, you know, by another Christian, that's not abstaining from all appearance of evil. You know, getting a tattoo is not abstaining from all appearance of evil. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh. This is making provision for the flesh. This is basically the adopted demon program. Oh, I go get my cursed ink from the cursed needle from the Satanist tattoo artist, and open this nice big fat door for the demons to come in, and maybe some of his buddies, and I'm, I'm totally making provision for the flesh. But the Bible says, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh. Why? To fulfill the lusts thereof. So when you do this, you are fulfilling, or you're, you're starting to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. 
Here's another story entitled Hollywood Stars Go Crazy for Superhuman Tattoos. This is from CNN uh, out of Bangkok, Thailand. For many, tattoos can be a sign of rebellion, individuality, or fashion. But in Thailand, tattoos have a whole different meaning. See, in other parts of the world, they know what tattoos really are all about. We're just, we have such a superficial knowledge of certain things, and, and Satan wants to keep you in the dark. He wants to keep people in the dark in general about the real dark aspects of things that somebody in America may think nothing of. But see, in these other, particularly Oriental and a lot of other places on the planet, they know what tattoos are really all about. And we're going to be looking, taking an in-depth look at that. Devotees of the Yan tattoos have been gathering outside of Bangkok for annual festival, where the believers demonstrate the supposed humor, superhuman powers radiating from their tattoo designs. Men covered in ornate ink depictions of tigers, Buddhas, and ancient scripts rant and rave, scream, laugh, and charge around as if they were possessed. Well, they are possessed. They claim the chanting of the monks brings out the power of their tattoos. Wow. It's a good endorsement for monks as well. Anyway, Wat Bong Phra resembles a lunatic asylum, and hundreds, as hundreds of apparently insane tattooed men demonstrate their special power. You can't control it. Sometimes it controls your body, but it's all a good thing. It's a good thing for the spirit to come to the body. It's a blessing, says Akalon Krishnan, who traveled to the event from Malaysia. Well, as long as he says it's okay, that's good enough for me, you know. I mean, they're just walk, they're just running around like a bunch of possessed madmen. I mean, what's not to like about this? It controls your body, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing for the spirit to come into the mind, uh, for the spirit to come into the body. The spirit's already there. It's just getting a little fired up because, you know, you're in an optimal setting for that demon to fully manifest and for it to be glorified. Superhuman type of strength and whatever else they're doing. Uh, which we do have biblical examples of that that we're going to be talking about. But the Bible says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25 He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs uh, 28.26 And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, Jeremiah 17.9 So, again, those are the verses that kind of come to mind when I read this. It's all a good thing. Uh, Yan tattoos are becoming ever more popular in this mainly Buddhist country. It is an ancient belief dating back hundreds of years. Some think their tattoos provide protection at a time when there is such political turbulence and division in the country. Uh, <clears throat> they provide protection. Uh, anyway, uh, I, am, I managed to escape from my enemies because of the special powers of the tattoo says Noom Korat. So now they're giving glory to this stupid ink on their body that is, you know, yeah, maybe they had some kind of demonic protection from whatever, their, their enemies who were also demonic. You know, and this is why people a lot of times get involved in the occult. For either uh, protection, power, wealth, money, sometimes they use love curses, whatever, cursing on their enemies, trying to kill people. I mean, there is benefits to, to getting into the occult from a secular, worldly standpoint. And that's why people get into this stuff. Or at least in part. So let's go further here. A John Nu is perhaps the most famous tattoo mystic in Thailand. People pay hundreds of dollars for his designs. Quote, it brings a great luck, success, and attracts money. The tattoo represents birth, death, and enlightenment of Lord Buddha. Says Nu at his Bangkok tattoo parlor. Again, it's just all about self-centered stuff, you know, pretty much. Uh, this is just not about the Thais who are going crazy for the Yan tattoos. Hollywood actress Angelina Jolie, who just, to me, has always seemed so evil, came to Bangkok for a huge Yan tattoo of a tiger in 2004. Her photo, album, her photo adorns the walls of a John News tattoo parlor. So, Angelina Jolie flew halfway across the world to get one of this devil's tattoos, you know. He's been, he's, he's keen for potential customers to see that he's inked one of the most famous and desirable women in the world. He claims his tattoos can attract the opposite sex, as well as money. They also help to ward off enemies and bad luck. 
And it seems tattoos aren't doing him any harm either. Customers are querying all day long. In other words, he's getting rich off this. Our society has definitely passed over from the light of Jesus Christ into the blackness of Satanism. Even people who do not mutilate their bodies the way in which these people have are still chasing one of the more satanic values and attitudes we listed above. Now you can see why America can slaughter 1.5 million innocent babies within the womb and carry out the abominable partial birth abortion. I believe just in the last years is what they're talking about. Um, now you can see how America could be promoting homosexual values and all kinds of perverted and licentious heterosexual perversions. You should be able to see America in the light in which God views them. As you look upon these pictures of the tattoos and body piercings as symbolic of our spiritual condition before God, uh, surely time is short and getting shorter. Are you spiritually ready? Is your family? Are you adequately protecting your loved ones? This is a reason for this ministry. Now this is cutting edge talking, but I would also say about this ministry as well. Uh, is to enable you to first understand the peril facing you and then to help you develop strategies to warn and protect your loved ones so that they're not destroyed for lack of knowledge and that they're not ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of you. Once you've been thoroughly trained, you can also use your knowledge as a means to open the door of discussion with an unsaved person. There you go. That's like the, the ultimate reason. You know, I have been able to use it many times and have seen people come to Jesus Christ as a result. These parallel, I mean, I can't tell you how many people have been saved from that I've gotten emails from from this ministry. I mean, I'm not going to give the ministry or me the credit. I'll give the Lord Jesus Christ the credit. But, I mean, <laughs> I've lost count a long time ago. And that's what you should be seeing. You should be... Now, granted, I'm not primarily an evangelist, but by putting this type of information out, a lot of times it will provide ice-breaking material to get, kind of like getting your foot in the door where then the person might be open to another level of truth, an, another thing. Because once they realize they've been deceived about one thing, then they may say, well, I wonder what else I'm deceived about. you know." And so this can be used as a tremendous... And that's why I did that 14th City Tour in the Avion Flu way back when, in 2006, for that very reason. So, <clears throat> I've been able to use it many times, and I've seen many people come to Jesus Christ as a result. These perilous times are also a time when we can reach many souls for Jesus Christ, making an eternal difference. Amen. And I even give you the link here to my uh, teaching on true salvation. And uh, there's a link there to that. Now, going further, then we're going to go back to a, uh, a more on the tattoos. This is more from Dial of Truth Ministries. Even among many Christians, the once forbidden tattoo is welcome with open arms and legs and necks and backs. We've already read that, but this is a reiteration a little bit. Not surprising, the major perpetuator of the Christian tattoo is the Christian, Christian rock community. Uh, they're getting marked for Jesus. Now, I give you all the, the teachings that I had mentioned before on Christian rock and then the hidden Luciferians and Christian community, where we kind of keyed in on a lot of these specific rock Christian rock groups. Um, and among the fastest growing trend in the tattoo industry is the Christian tattoo shop. Throughout history, the tattoo bears the mark of paganism, demonism, Baal worship, shamanism, mysticism, heathenism, cannibalism, and just about every other pagan belief known. The tattoo has never been associated with Bible-believing Christians. And when, whenever and wherever in history Christianity appears, true Christianity, tattoos then disappear. So what does that tell you? Wherever true Bible-believing Christianity pervaded in a particular culture, the tattoos disappeared. The only exception being the 20th century, lukewarm, carnal, disobedient, Laodicean Christian. The birth of the tattoo has always been born, has always borne the fruits of the pagan religion and mysticism. Without exception, research after research, study after study, book after book, the roots of the tattoo never wavers. Now again, just let me say that, um, that I'm reading from this article, but I'm not here to like say, okay, you've had a tattoo, you're terrible, and I'm better than you. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. God can still forgive you, okay? I'm, I'm not saying that. It's just that, you know, the way this is written, I just don't want it to come off like I'm sitting up here thinking that I'm Mr. High and Mighty. As I've said before, if I got what I deserve, I'd get death and hell. I never did get a tattoo. But I was planning on it, and I will admit that when I was in uh, chiropractic college, I even, there was this guy downstairs, and he had, um, oh, he actually drew me a design. Uh, it was a tribal design. 
And I, I remember, I was gonna, I think I was gonna get it on my right hip, where nobody could see it, you know, like on the outside. And it was gonna be like a tribal design, two designs, and in the middle was gonna be like a yin yang symbol, which had a lot to do with what I was doing at the time. Because I was, I was, um, I, I guess technically I'm a board certified acupuncturist as well, and chiropractor, but the yin yang had everything to do with acupuncture. And I ended up getting an acupuncture degree after I graduated. I don't, I, basically destroyed it and I don't practice it I don't I don't um, I don't do that anymore uh, but the yin yang is what acupuncture is based on essentially that's the when I was taught at the University of Miami I got my degree that was that was everything was yin yang everything the points and everything related to the points and all this other stuff well that's just that's Taoism yin yang and then I was going to get like a Japanese letter above and below. I mean, I had the whole thing worked out. Thank God I never got it. So, I'm not acting like I'm Mr. Whatever, high and mighty. I'm I'm just, you know, I just want to present this information so other people can be made aware. Okay, so, the following documentation is just a small, very small drop in the ocean of research documenting the pagan and demonic source of the tattoo. Please remember, the following documentation is from pro-tattoo books, simply documenting the obvious spiritual and religious link to the tattoo. These are not Christian writers trying to paint a negative portrait of the tattoo. No matter, so in other words, you really can't accuse it of being biased. These are people that are actually, this is what they're admitting to. This is what pro-tattoo books are admitting to. Which makes it even more compelling, the information. Uh, These are not Christian writers trying to paint a negative portrait of tattoo. No matter how much the carnal, rebellious Christian desires to justify their reasoning for marking themselves with the forbidden demonic tattoo, the facts are loud and clear, backed by tons of research and documentation by the leading pro-tattoo authorities on the planet. The foundation, origin, meaning, and purposes of the tattoo is pagan, demonism, shamanism, Baal worship, and occult mysticism. A tattooist in many cultures was also a shaman, a magic man, a priest, or a priestess. I mean, in other words, the people that did tattoos in times past, they were, they were the head occult practitioner of a given tribe or area. Okay, and I really, you know, I, I still think they're the same thing, kind of. It's just they're not quite as obvious in today's day and age. According to the dictionary, a shaman is an intermediary between the natural and the supernatural worlds, using magic to cure illness, foretell the future, control spiritual forces, etc. Tattooing is often a magical rite in a more traditional... Now, I'm I'm just reading from different pro-tattoo sources, okay? And all the references are here in the article. You know, uh, author, book, or article, and the page that they're on. If you don't believe me, you can reference this stuff. So, uh, tattooing is often a magical rite in in the more traditional cultures. And the tattooist is respected as a priest or a shaman. In Fiji, Formosa, and New Zealand, and in certain parts of North American Indian tribes, tattooing was regarded as a religious ceremony and performed by priests and priestesses. Um... Here's another quote. The actual tattooing process, which involved complex rituals and taboos, could only be done by priests and was associated with beliefs which were secrets known only to members of the priestly caste. The tattooist, shaman, or occult priest many times uses the tattoos as a point of contact or inlets into the spiritual world. The tattoo is much more than just body decoration. It's more than just a layer of ink cut into the skin. In fact, the tattoo in every culture, in every country, up until the 20th century, was a vehicle for pagan, spiritual, and religious invocations. Even today, in many countries, including the United States, the tattoo is believed to be a bridge into the supernatural world. Ooh, wow, I mean, that's pretty heavy duty. A bridge into the supernatural world? Yes. This is how seriously... Occult or pagan, heathen cultures and societies take this. Famous witch and author Lori Cabot writes of the tattoo. Quote, the origins of tattooing came from ancient magical practices. End of quote. Totally came from the pit of hell, this stuff. So, if the foundations be destroyed... What can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. 
I don't know. You, you cannot take something that was inherently evil and turn it into something good. It's already been corrupted. The foundation's already been corrupted and destroyed. And you're only as good as your foundation. Going further, among today's tattoo craze is tribal tattoos, which is what I was talking about that I had a design made uh, that I was getting was wanting to put on my right hip. Tribal tattoos, which are pure paganism. Tribal tattoos are designs that bear serious, symbolic, mystical, and occult meanings. Tribal tattoos especially are possible channels into the spiritual and demonic possession. When the designs are chosen with a care, tattoos have a power and a magic all of their own. They decorate the body, but they also enhance the soul. Again, that was another quote from, it's the book, The Exotic Art of Skin Decoration, page 13. Tattoo, the art, exotic art of skin decoration. Rolling Stone magazine describes famous tattoo artist Paul Booth during his tattoos as allowing his clients, demons, to help guide his needle. So he is communing with the demons from the person wanting this tattoo. He's communing with those demons to help, to let those demons guide his needle as he puts the mark, as he puts the tattoo mark on their body. And this is just openly admitted. According to survey and statistics, Scott lists the reasons why people get a tattoo, and the number two reason, okay, now this, um, the number two reason that people get a reason, to, uh, reasons why people get a tattoo, the number two is to secure a place in heaven. <laughs> I just, it's unbelievable. To secure a place in heaven. Reasons for getting the tattoo. Number two, to secure a place in heaven. Number five, to propitiate malignant spirits at the time of death. Propitiate means to gain or regain the favor or goodwill, to appease. So, what you want to do at death is you want to appease the demons that are coming, getting you, and dragging you into hell, which is where all unsaved people are going to end up. That's why they get the tattoo. To appease the malignant spirits at the time of death. And which would also, which would also link into the number two reason to secure a place in heaven. All you're doing is solidifying a place in hell. That's all you're doing. Number six is to acquire special characteristics through totemism and ancestor worship. Like a totem pole. Okay, those are, those are demonic. Well, an ancestor worship. This is to acquire special characteristics through, uh, evidently, to high, you know, take on maybe paranormal abilities or whatever. Number nine reason. I, I skipped a whole bunch, but these are the most pertinent. To make the body sexually interesting. I think it's disgusting, personally, but, you know, the more darkened your mind becomes, I guess, the more of a turn-on or something this may be to somebody. Obviously, it, it must be. That has to be. But see, that's so demonic, it's hard for somebody to kind of comprehend that, that's not, you know, ever went there, and we don't need to. But the Bible, from cover to cover and over and over, condemns rebellion. The Lord God considered rebellion a serious. He compared rebellion to witchcraft. And may I remind you, witchcraft was punishable by death at the time. First Samuel 15.23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Exodus 22.18, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Now, if this was being done in biblical times, these tattoo artists would be considered occultist witches, and they would all, that would all be an instant death sentence. So, this is how serious God would have taken this back then. Okay, and he's still taking it very seriously today. Let's go further. Since body art is still not mainstream, having marks on your body that put you there on purpose shows the world your rebellious and unconventional nature. Now, they admit to this much. That was another quote from one of these uh, tattoo books. Also, that little, that harmless little innocent tattoo may have a little secret hiding, a little secret hiding inside, a very deadly secret. Underneath the harmless tattoo is a very serious risk of acquiring blood Blood-borne diseases such as AIDS. I mean, what if what if they just did the the um, 
And you have to understand, these diseases we're describing, more people that have these diseases are going to be the very ones that congregate at tattoo parlors. I'm not saying everybody that has AIDS is wicked. But I'm saying a lot of people that have AIDS, obviously, are homosexuals. And I understand, if we could do a whole subject on teaching on AIDS, on the actual origins of that, but um, people that have AIDS, hepatitis B and hepatitis C, uh, tetanus, syphilis, tuberculosis, and other blood-borne diseases, you have that risk of getting that. If they have not properly processed the needles, and or maybe the ink's been contaminated, you get that, and this little needle that's going into you hundreds of times, whatever a minute, that's putting the ink in your body, if those haven't been properly cleaned, you can get whatever the person had before you, including AIDS, or hepatitis C, B, and all these blood-borne diseases. And, I mean, are you are you thinking, well, oh, I, I trust my tattoo artist emphatically. That's got to be about the most insane thing you could say on the planet. I mean, this is a guy that's literally there, who's a, basically, if he's not a Satanist, he's a closet Satanist. He's there to implant demons in you. And you're going to trust him? But there's a, probably a pretty good chance he's on drugs. Who knows if he even cares about sterilizing the needles or doing it properly. I mean, he's the last guy on the planet you should trust. And yet people go in there and you're literally taking your life in your hands. You're risking your... I mean, you turn up with AIDS. You know, there's not really much of a... I, I know some, I think, some nutritional things that can help that. But that that virus is not like a normal virus. That virus was created in a laboratory. It's called a retrovirus. It doesn't behave like other viruses. Nasty, and you're literally taking your your uh, life in your hands when you do this. Um, a long time ago, when I was in full time practice, I had a secretary named Pat work for us, and she just was, you know, had to have this little. I think it was a shamrock. We had Irish ancestry or something, and she had to have a shamrock on her ankle. Uh, and I tried to talk to her, and I said, Pat, you shouldn't do it. I tried to talk her out of it for months, months and months and months. Well, she finally goes and gets it. And I believe she came back like Monday morning and it was already getting infected. And it kept getting more and more infected. And it was bleeding and oozing and it was so disgusting. And, you know, it ends up getting mega infected. It's It, it becomes like all distorted and kind of scarred over. She just went through all this stuff. And I told her, I said, I warned you. I warned you. I mean, people that are warned about something, you know, then you're at a much higher accountability. And uh, that has been one of my experiences with, you know, the, the wonderful world of tattoos. So let's go further here. An alarming research study recently published by Dr. Bob Haley and Dr. Paul Fisher at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School in Dallas uncovered that the, quote, innocent Commercial tattoo may be the number one distributor of hepatitis C. The potential, the study was published in the Journal of Medicine, and I give you the full reference here. Dr. Haley, a preventative medicine specialist and former uh, Center for Disease Control Infection Control Officer, is exceptionally knowledgeable to prepare the study. Dr. Haley concludes, quote, We have found commercially acquired tattoos accounted for more than twice as many hepatitis C infections as injection drug use. What does that mean? That means that they're not cleaning the needles. It's it's responsible for more than twice that of injectable drug use. That's like where you're shooting up heroin with your buddy and you're sharing the needle. But this is given but this is is turns up is causing twice as many infections. That just goes to show you these satanic tattoo artists really don't a lot of them really don't care about sterilizing the needle. Hey, I mean you know why would they? I mean, they're up, they're they're basically serving Satan. Satan would want them to have a disease, right? <laughs> I'm not saying everyone, but well, how do you explain the statistic any other way? Incredible, according to Dr. Haley's research, you are twice as likely to be infected with hepatitis C from getting a tattoo from a tattoo shop than shooting up dope. With over 20 million Americans wearing a tattoo and growing by leaps and bounds, we are, we are staring down the barrel of a mammoth, deadly epidemic. 
The study also found that people who get tattooed in a commercial tattoo parlor were nine times more likely to get hepatitis C um, as well. That's nine times more likely to be infected by deadly fatal disease, and Dr. Haley is not referring to backyard prison tattoos, but a tattoo from a sanitized commercial tattoo shop. Yeah, and I mean, you know, these, these um, documentaries that have documented prison life, these guys are usually covered in tattoos. Tattoos are their whole life, and they're illegal in prison, but they find ways to actually tattoo themselves inside, and they use, you know most unsanitary ways possible. They use whatever they have at their disposal. They're so obsessed. And here you have the worst criminals in society. I mean, not everyone in there is, is, but I mean, a lot of them are. And what are they obsessed with? You know, as many tattoos as as they can get on their body. Some of these guys are just absolutely covered. So, going further here, uh, let's see. Did you know the deadly disease hepatitis C kills over 10,000 people a year? That was at the time of the writing. And skyrocketing, currently uh, 4 million Americans are chronically infected with hep C and rising. And according to Dr. Haley, its, it's number one channel is the tattoo. Courtesy of your friendly commercial tattoo parlor. Plus, you get a big fat demon at no extra charge. There is a documented case of 22-year-old grocery store employee who simply received his $45 tattoo, and four weeks later he needed a liver transplant because of the hep C, I would imagine. Because that's what it acts on, is your liver. Hepatitis, in general. Yeah, so he had to get a liver transplant four weeks later. Again, where do I sign up? So when you consider hepatitis B can be transmitted with as little as 0.00004 milliliters of blood, which is like probably almost beyond microscopic, and can live on blood-contaminated surfaces, such as needles, tattoo machines, tables, etc., for over two months, the risk of hepatitis is very real indeed. I mean, think about it. You're in this chair, and they've got this tattoo gun, and they may have had a thousand people before you, and their, all their blood was on that was either on that gun or in that needle. And then there's going to be maybe hundreds of people after you. Okay, all that blood, and, and I mean, the, the, the chance for cross-contamination is just unbelievable, particularly if they're not being, you know, going through the right sanitary practices. And again, we're dealing with, with basically most of them are just Satanists. So you really think they're going to have, like, you know, a conscience about this, a lot of them? Now, a lot of them may not want to get sued. Of course, I don't really hear a lot about people suing tattoo artists over this type of stuff. They should be in mass. They should all be put out of business just from this one issue alone. But I don't know. It just seems as though they they have some kind of protected status or something because with these type of statistics, they should all be put out of business. I mean, could you imagine if like, okay, like me as a chiropractor or something, well, I only break half the people's necks that come in here. You know, I mean, that's all. I'd only break like half and, and maybe paralyze the other. You know, 50% are walking out okay. I've never done that to anyone. That's why chiropractors have some of the lowest malpractice insurance. In fact, the lowest malpractice insurance of any doctor that there is. All this garbage about, oh, they break my neck and this and that. That normally never happens. We're not taught how to break necks. Chiropractor, if he's using any kind of reasonable procedures, that's not going to happen. Okay? So, but... You can imagine if a doctor had, you know, was, was responsible for this, you know, they'd be put out of business. But these tattoo artists get away with it. It's unbelievable. Well, they're serving Satan, and Satan is going to find ways to protect them. They're, it's mass implementation of demons, okay? It's, it's uh, shifting us over to a heathen paganistic society, and Satan is going to find a way to protect his own. That's why I believe they've been afforded this protection. When you consider hepatitis B can be transmitted uh, with this little amount of blood, um, and it can live for over two months, the risk of hepatitis is very real indeed. It only takes this infinitesimal amount of blood, and it can live on blood-contaminated surfaces such as needles, tattoo machines, tables, for over two months. The risk of just hepatitis alone is very real. 
Now, there's a warning here. It says it's strongly advised for people who have had tattoos to get a hepatitis check. Hepatitis can lie unnoticed for many years while doing serious damage. It will damage your liver. I mean, this guy had to have a liver transplant. If you have it, you need to at bare minimum be on milk thistle. The herb milk thistle, it acts as a, what they call hepato, meaning liver, protective agent. doesn't detox the liver, but it protects the liver. Um, milk thistle, bare minimum. And it, it really, you need to be doing more than that. You need to you know, do a really good liver detox and uh, really take care of your liver. And you need to be doing something to keep your viral counts down. And I don't personally want to never advise the drug route, like interferon or whatever garbage they use. Uh, hepatitis is very tricky and, uh, you know, even with the colloidal silver that I use, it's tricky. Depends what form you've got. Um, I usually alternate some mild silver protein, the 5,000 part per million with like, now this is for me, if it were me, I can't render medical advice, but if it were me, I would alternate 5,000 part per million silver with maybe food grade hydrogen peroxide, 3 to 5% under the tongue, one teaspoon at least once a day. Trying to keep your viral counts down while also doing some other things like milk thistle to protect the liver. That's just bare bones minimum, what I just said. So, and soon hepatitis can lie unnoticed for many years while doing serious damage. The sooner hepatitis is detected, the better chances for survival. If you get a tattoo, get checked. And it's tough to get rid of. I don't, I don't personally don't know a cure for it. A quote cure. I think if you took enough of the silver, it may be doable, but it'd be a lot of money, most likely, to even get in that. So, um, it's, it's tough stuff. WebMD warns of the Russian roulette tattoo procedure as each stick of the tattoo needle opens you up to contracting a deadly disease. Hepatitis C is spread by infected blood and infected needles. Which is the virus connection with the tattooing? Tattoos involve lots of needles marking lots of the skin, lots of sticks in the skin. Each stick of the needle carries potential for contamination, not just with hepatitis, but also HIV. Okay, and that's WebMD medical news. So, you know, you're, you're really putting yourself at massive risk by getting a tattoo, period. And then I'm sure your risk even multiplies the more, it's like Russian roulette. You go in there, you never know if this is going to be the uh, chamber with the bullet in it. You know what I mean? Like Russian roulette, you, you, you put a bullet in one chamber of a six-cylinder gun, and you spin the barrel, and you put the, 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 um, the gun to your head, and you pull the trigger, and, and hope that it's not in the, the, the bullet's not in that chamber that, that's going to go into your head. Well, that's what's happening every time you get a tattoo. It's, it's like playing Russian roulette. Besides the possibility of killing you with fatal disease such as AIDS and hepatitis, the harmless tattoo provides an armload of other ailments. Tattoos can cause chronic skin disorders such as sarcoid and then keloid scarring, allergic dermatitis, photosensitivity reactions, psoriasis, and benign or malignant tumors. More fruits of the, of the wonderful tattoo. Uh, many people experience infection and allergic reactions to the tattoo ink. Also, the pigments in the tattoo ink contain small metal fibers such as iron oxide. These metal fibers can cause intense burning fa- pain during an MRI procedure. Why? Because MRI stands for magnetic resonance imaging. It's a magnet, a very, very powerful magnet, and iron or metal is attracted to magnets. So that's why... You can actually have burning sensation from the metal pigments in your skin during an MRI. Uh, Some medical institutions refuse to even perform MRIs on people with tattoos. One of the oldest and most common, uh, so now we're going to shift gears again here. One of the oldest and most common satanic practices is cutting of the flesh or bloodletting. The term bloodletting originates from the word let, which means to allow or pass, go or come. Hence, bloodletting literally means to allow the blood to come or pass. Throughout history, the cutting of the flesh and bloodletting are rituals performed to unleash demonic and supernatural powers. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood, according to Leviticus 17.11, the blood is highly valued in the occult world as a source of power. And by releasing or letting the blood or the power source, supernatural power is unleashed. And when you get a tattoo, you bleed. Okay? It's, it's the needle going in you. 
Blood, called the river of life, blood is identified with the soul, and it is the vehicle that carries the vital energy of the universe through the body. Now, this is a quote from the Encyclopedia of Witches and Witchcraft, 2nd edition, page 26. So, it says, in magic, blood is revered and feared for the miraculous power it possesses and confers. Blood is that which is believed to unleash power. So, as this Satanist tattoo artist, what better profession to be in where you could practice your occult uh, rituals in the setting of a formal business with all the protections that afford in America, uh, and... Here you are actually practicing a witchcraft ceremony, actually imparting demons into the person, actually appeasing whatever uh, fallen angels or demons that you're serving. Here the the tattoo artist can accomplish all those things in one fell swoop and possibly uh, infect the uh, person with some um, incurable disease at the same time. I mean, it's a win-win situation for Satan. Essentially, I, I see no good thing that's good. And here also you have the blood sacrifice taking place. You have bloodletting. You have blood being spilled from the tattoo procedure itself, which is always one of the most strongest forms of witchcraft. So they're accomplishing that as well. Again, where do I sign up? I mean, this is all good, right? I mean, you talk about red flags. The Word of God in 1 Kings 18 gives a detailed and perverse example of bloodletting by Satanists, a.k.a. the, AKA the prophets of Baal, attempting to unleash supernatural power and, ignite, and igniting the fire for the sacrifice. And let's read. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. So in other words, he's, he said, okay, Call on the name of your gods, but don't put any fire underneath the sacrifice, because you need to call on your gods to actually burn it up. Okay? And if your gods are that strong, they'll do that for you. Verse 26, And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it. Now these are the prophets of Baal, these are the, these are the high-level warlocks, witches, whatever you want to call them, of the day. Okay? Going against, um, essentially, God here. Okay? Um, going against Elijah. And... They took the bullock which was given them, they dressed it, and they called on the name of, of Baal, or Baal, whatever you want to say it, from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. There was no, but there was no voice, nor any that answered. See, God wouldn't let, let this happen. He's not going to be upstaged by, you know, these devils. And, and then what ended up happening, they leaped upon the altar which was made, these prophets of Baal. They're getting desperate. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for is he for he is a god. Either he is talking or he is pursuing, or he is on a journey, or per peradventure, meaning perhaps he sleepeth, and must be awaked. In other words, he's using total sarcasm. Total sarcasm to the prophets of Baal. They're going nuts at this point. They've been crying out to Baal from morning all the way to noon. Now they're jumping on the altar. They're acting like total madmen. They're totally demon-possessed anyway. And then and then Elijah starts to mock them. <laughs> saying, well, maybe, you know, maybe he's out to lunch. This God you're trying to get to. You know, he might be on vacation. You know, maybe it was he's at Club Med. I don't know. Well, anyway... Um, and then they cried out aloud. Now this is Now, this is the maximum of their desperation... And then they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. That was the end of their desperation. That was the last thing they could do to evoke the maximum amount of witchcraft they were trying to evoke. It didn't work though. Okay, this was what, this is where the desperation ultimately brought them to. They cut themselves with knives and lances till the blood gushed out upon them. So again, it was a blood sacrifice, and they were the, they were basically sacrificing their own bodies. I think they understood that it was probably life or death, and they all did end up dying as a result of this because they didn't, you know, pass the test. So notice how First Kings eighteen twenty eight describes the devil worshiping, self mutilation, blood releasing act after their manner. In other words. Uh, this bloodletting was a common practice among the prophets of the devil. Bloodletting was familiar ritual among the prophets of Baal. It is also evident from other scriptures that the cutting of the flesh or bloodletting was common practice among pagan and wicked nations. Uh, in Leviticus 21.5, Deuteronomy 14.1, the Lord condemns such demonic practices. 
this is Leviticus 21, 5 and 6. It says, They shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. Now, these were some things that the pagans of the day were doing. They were shaving their head bald. Um, they were shaving off the corner of their beards in order to... This was some demonic request that was being made of them. Okay? Nor make any cuttings in their flesh. There's another thing not telling you not to make a cutting in your flesh. They shall... Uh, they shall be holy under their God. They shall not profane the name of their God for the offerings of the Lord made by fire and the bread of their God they do offer. Therefore they shall be holy. Um, and then Deuteronomy 14.1 says, Ye are the children of the Lord your God. Ye shall not cut yourselves. So that's, that's right there. I mean, tattoo is cutting yourself. And, you know, emo and all this other garbage... All these implants these people are doing, all these piercings, that by itself alone, you're cutting yourself. You're piercing your body. Blood is going to most likely be, well, I mean, it just says you shall not cut yourself. So that just means, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Regardless of if blood is produced or not, it's just something you're never supposed to do. Mark chapter 5, and I don't mean like getting surgery or something like that. I'm talking about doing it for paganistic purposes, self-centered purposes. Mark chapter 5 contains the familiar account of a devil-possessed man of Gadara. Notice in verse 5, among the demonic acts, was a telltale sign of possession, cutting himself with stones. Verse 1, and they came over, and this is Jesus Christ, was with was there. They came over to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come up out of the ship, meaning Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. Meaning he had the supernatural strength from the demons inside him. Just like these guys with these tattoos over in Thailand have, they have the supernatural strength from these tattoos. So let's go further. Um... Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. It's the demons that were making him bloodlet and cut himself with stones. But when Jesus saw far off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. It was really the demon talking through the man. Okay? And he acknowledged Jesus Christ for who he was. Um, for he said unto him, "Come out of." The, uh, for he said unto him, "Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit." And he asked him, "What is thy name?" And he, meaning basically, it was the demon. He answered, saying, "My name is Legion, for we are many." It was multiple demons in this man, which really gave him the supernatural strength, and also gave him this—he was nuts. He was crazy, you know. Um, so again, that was Mark uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. It is also interesting that this cutting himself with stones was also associated with a man possessed, not with one, but legions of many devils. Luke describes the same account as a certain man which had devils a long time. Uh, so that's some interesting parallels there. The morbid practice of cutting oneself and bloodletting has a long, dark history in the demonic pages of Satanism, demonism, and the occult. An article in the Independent Newspaper acknowledges the pathway from bloodletting to Satanism found on websites aims, uh, is aimed at toward children. The Association of Teachers and Lecturers said the popularity of children's programs in books featuring witchcraft could encourage children to search for sinister material on the internet. Researchers for the Union found websites promoting Satanism, bloodletting, and Wicca, witchcraft. One website found by the Union describes in detail how to carry out bloodletting and blood drinking. So now, and this is what you always see with Satanic practices, they're going to always try to target the the, uh, children, younger and younger and younger, to defile them. Rolling Stone magazine had an article of a famous tattoo, too, as Paul Booth, both one of the world's most sought-after tattoo artists has tattooed the bodies of many rock stars. Booth has a waiting list of over two years. Booth's tattoo chamber is desecrated with real human skulls, customers' thank-you notes written in blood, torture devices, 
upside down crosses, satanic goat of Mendez symbols, meat hooks, mummified animals. Rolling Stone says Boo's evil work is for those who, quote, love death, perversion, blasphemy, and torture. And this is one of the most sought-after tattoo artists on the planet. And that's what his his stinking uh, chamber of whores looks like. That was from Rolling Stone, March uh, 28, 2002, page 39. Here's how Booth, um, Booth's own website describes his blasphemous satanic tattoos in mission. This is from his own website. It says, quote, Spewed from the depth of hell, Paul's mission has been to reconfigure human hides and spread divine declarations of blasphemy. End of quote. Again, hopefully we've driven the point home pretty well. And we're not done, or even close to being done, but hopefully you can see that this is like a no-brainer issue for a Christian at this point. May I remind you, this is one of the most sought-after and top tattoo artists in the whole world. Tattoo artist Lyorsifer, he calls himself Lyorsifer, says on his website, Lyorsifer is a spawn of Satan. I love how he talks third person about himself. He is the brother of Lucifer. Soldier of darkness, warrior against all that is good and holy. Lyorsifer has been leaving his mark on flesh since the dawn of time. End of quote. Another popular tattoo artist, Tim Kern, writes um, on his biography on his website of himself, quote, A faithless deviant. Tim has been staining skin since the Black Plague. Soon to be one of Satan's leading henchmen, Tim will spread profane immorality with each stroke of his evil machine. He even admits that the machine that they use, the tattoo needle and all the things that go along with that, it's an evil machine. They're making no bones about this. Is there any doubt who is the master tattooist or who's behind it? 1 Timothy 5.15 says, For some are already turned aside after Satan. I would say these guys would fit that bill pretty well. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.27 is to neither give place to the devil. And again, it's impossible to get a tattoo and not do that. In the pages of history, whenever and wherever tattooing pagan tribes were converted to Christianity, without exception, one of the first pagan practices to pass away was the tattoo. Why? Because unlike today's disobedient, carnal-tattooed Christians, or so-called Christians, the converted pagan knew the tattoo was against the word of God, and they knew that it was evil and it was pagan. They had more sense than most Christians today, in other words. the oh, and, oh, I shouldn't say, like, I'm targeting my listeners, but most carnal, typical, Laodicean, lukewarm Christians. Uh, the Holy Spirit quickly told the converted pagan not to get... You know, no more tattoos. That's it. Uh, this is from a quote from the uh, Illustrated Guide to Tattoos, Piercings, and Other Body Modifications, page 9. Quote, just as occurred in other cultures with tattoo traditions, when these pagan tribes were converted to Christian religion, their spiritual and cultural rights, which included tattooing, piercing, and scarification, were outlawed. See, they, they, they did the outlawing. I guarantee it wasn't the missionaries. The missionaries guided them in that. But they knew that. And this is what a book promoting tattoos would even admit to. Uh, here's a tattoo history, a source book, page 101. They said, um, whenever missionaries encounter tattooing, they eradicated it. Now, I'm sure they were saying that they, you know, they're, they're terrible because they did that. But <laughs> that is just one of the first things that goes. I have many friends before they were saved uh, before they were saved received a tattoo and without exception every one of them is ashamed and as much as possible they cover it but before they got saved like the pagan tribes they proudly displayed their tattoo and let me add most of them this is before they read Leviticus 19:28 or before anyone told them the tattoo is wrong knew after receiving the Lord Jesus Christ with the help of the indwelling holy spirit they knew the tattoo was displeasing to God so what about you Here's another quote from the Complete Illustrated Guide of Tattoos, Piercings, and Other Body Modifications. Quote, These tattoos act as protective and empowering talismans for the wearer. They even, uh, there are even some body artists who perform ritual tattoos, piercing, brandings, and cuttings. They may suggest you consult your astrological chart to pick the right time to get your body art. Well, you talk about pagan and evil. 
They will burn incense and light candles. It's, it is. It is a witchcraft ritual ceremony. Whether you go in and get attacked, it doesn't matter. It still is. It's still impartation of a demon. They're just doing it more honestly. When you have, when, you know, when you burn incense and light candles and pick the right astrological time, you know, they're saying, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to get the most out of it. Another, uh, this is from the Exotic Art of Skin Decoration, page 75, quote, some tattooists in the West are experimenting with ritual tattooing. The method of, of working incorporates doing a ritual to create a sacred place in the area where the tattoo is positioned. So it's a sacred place on your skin now where the tattoo is positioned. Often, incense is burned and the gods are invited to bless the proceedings. I mean, beyond red flags here. Hopefully you can see that. Okay. Let me just see what this ne- how far this next part is. Uh, I think I'm going to have to end part three here. And I'm going to try to fit the rest in. I don't know if I'm going to get to it, but we'll, we'll try for part four. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part four.